Welcome to Why Though. We're your hosts, Tiffany Bloom and Ashley Abercrombie. We land somewhere in between Mother Teresa and Biggie Smalls, and we're just wondering, why though? We all have questions, from our existential crisis curiosities to our, hey girl, why your eyebrows look so good though? And we want to tackle all of those questions with you. Welcome back to Why Though. We are in the middle of our Pray Tell series, and Tiffany launched her book yet t- today, yesterday, Tuesday. What are the days? Coronavirus. COVID. Coronavirus. One year in it, ladies, all the dates. This week, how's that? Tiffany the Bloom released her incredible book, Pray Tell, Into the World. And if you Yay. have not picked it up, if you have not placed an order, if you have not gone to your local bookstore and gotten this book, friends, it is necessary for you to read this. This is required reading for Why Though podcast listeners. We believe yeah. in this book. We believe that it is an important and timely book around women and the imbalances of power between men and women and what we can do differently in our society as individuals and as communities to empower and and allow women to flourish. And so you guys have to get this book. So Tiffany, tell us, how are you doing? You've released a book this week that always feels like giving birth. How are you? Yeah, it really does, doesn't it? Uh, This would be my what? Technically fifth baby, but really Mm -hmm. my third book. Um, I... You know, I Ashley knows this, but so often when you write a book, you're by the time it releases, you're perhaps working on another project, or you are already writing your next book, or you know, you your your head might be in a different space, but mm-hmm. not with this one, Ashley. I so believe in this issue, and I so believe that there's conversation and cultural change necessary, and I think right. Pray can be such a catalyst for that. I believe in this, you guys. I really do think this can bring change. Ashley, I've already received feedback. I got yeah. a message from a gal who said, I told my mom what happened to me in high school and Mm. we're now, you know, pressing charges against somebody who took advantage of me all those years ago. And I got another one who said, you put vernacular to my experience at work. I read it, bought another copy for my boss and I asked her to read it and we're going through it and she's making the changes that you've suggested in the book. Like it was just this beauty. And you know, she works at a, at a restaurant and, and she was like, I, I feel like we can do this. And so it, this isn't just for those who have power and feel like they can make change. This is for everyone. This is That's for That's exactly everyone. right. And it's so evident in the material of the book. Tiffany and I went live on Instagram this week. If you guys want to go watch that for just the additional why though conversation. Yeah. And that's one of the things that we talked about is just how how rich your book is because it talks about the experiences of women, you know, who work in fast food restaurants all the way up to women who have significant wealth and resources and means. And so it's not an issue that just happens to certain women. That's right. You know, there are class and race certainly compound this issue, but it is something that all women experience. And that's what I love about your book is that I feel like it's one of the most holistic resources out there on this topic. And it's it's so good. And we are so glad that you have put this into the world. So thank you. And mm-hmm. I am thrilled to have two more weeks to be talking about this book. And um, today's topic is no exception. I really love this one. I'm passionate about it because it is just the whole gospel truth. Why we blame women when bad things happen. <laughs> Gosh, <laughs> what a guys, title, right? <laughs> what the heck? And we have to talk about this because it's true. 
and important. And just before we dive in today, I do want to take a moment and just say that we are standing with our Asian American brothers and sisters because the eight lives that were just lost in the two massage parlors in Georgia, we, gosh, you guys, we are crushed and devastated that this is happening. And it is not okay that so much hatred is in our world. And it shows you the power of dehumanization. It shows you the power of words that when you begin to speak about communities in a way that is harmful, then people feel emboldened and empowered by their hatred and seek to hurt and wound in real life and not just in the through their words or through their um, mind, but through their actions. And so we are crushed that this is happening. And we want you to know that we're with you and we're thinking of you and we are praying for you. And um, we want to see this end. So I wanted to yeah. just, just open up with that because it's been a lot, you guys. It's been it's so much, much the last couple of weeks. It's too freaking much. Too much. Gosh. Too much. It really is so, so painful. And if you... um identify with the AAPI community, feel free to direct message us. We'd love to pray for you. We're available for you. If this has been particularly hard for you to process, um, just know that our DMs are open for you. We are, we're here for you. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. Um, as we talk about this, why we blame women when bad things happen, I got to be honest, girl, I can't help but think of Meghan Markle right now. I cannot help but think about it's the most public Ms. example Megan. we've had, honestly, you know, and I mean, it's still ongoing. Right? Did you watch the Oprah interview? Did you get a chance to watch it? Okay, real talk. I don't have access to CBS, and I tried to hack many different ways. Yes, people. Yes, people. I tried to. I engaged. Well, I tried to engage in illegal activity to watch that interview, but I was very unsuccessful. I'm sure you're not the only one. They had that locked down. So I read the full transcript, um, and yeah, I watched awesome. all the clips. So I definitely am very aware of everything that was said and yeah. everyone's response to it. And obviously, you couldn't help. <laughs> Twitter and Instagram that night were pretty lit over that. Did you just yes, like were. seven? It was it was 17 million people I believe watched that live. Yes, of course, that makes perfect sense. I mean, sense. and then think about the people like you and I who maybe don't have access to CBS. Oh, I have it. Are you kidding? Yes, girl. You had access to the CBS. Yes, because Why I watched Blue Bloods and Madam send Secretary me your password. and Dear the Jesus, Good Fight saved- and all of it. No, because they only let you do. They're smart. They've they've hooked it up where you can't share. You know, like 25 they- people have my Netflix account, <laughs> and like maybe 25 <laughs> people also have our Hulu account. But when it comes to Disney Plus and Paramount, oh, the, Plus, yeah, they. They the limit CBS, screens. They've locked it up. Yeah. They so by the it time up. it's on our two laptops and our TV, there's no more to share. So I apologize. But you know you what? If you Netflix ever gets smart, if, ne- if Netflix ever gets smart, I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. You sure it's are. Not so are be. 20 of my other friends. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know what's so funny? Even on our login page, it's like the other people who use our Netflix, they have the same little icons. I haven't created mm-hmm. one on your Hulu account. I should. That just says the blooms because. We just go yeah. on one of yours and choose from there. I hope I'm not messing up any. You know what, though? You and I have the most we have diverse interests. No, mm-hmm. we don't. How we dare don't you? Think? I'm well, scared of true. everything you watch. It takes that's me so true. much to watch. You like that's scary true. stuff. I do. But then also, you know, Madam Secretary. Oh, yeah. I we like, I like I, Survivor. We yeah. like Great British Bake Off. You okay, know, we like do have some, some things in common. some things. But yeah. some of the things you tell me about, like, the crime ones and mm-hmm. the scurry ones, I'm like, Mm-hmm. Oh, see you guys. Did you hear that? Mind mm-hmm. hunters? No. Yeah. No. My husband is so right. disturbed, you guys, because I literally will watch like three episodes of Mindhunters and, and then, then sleep like a baby. <laughs> yeah. And also before I do that, I'll make sure I catch up on the news on Twitter. And he's like, my God, woman, like what? How can you sleep? And I'm like, everything is great. Good night. <laughs> you know, information makes me feel safe. That's the interesting thing about my personality. <gasps> oh. I, information makes me feel safe. So I'm like, well, here's what's happening in the world. Now that I know. Good night. 
Okay, well, I like information between 8 and 10 a.m. Exclusively. <laughs> that, makes sense. that makes so much sense. <laughs> and then after that, it's I need roses and unicorns. Totally. And rainbows <laughs> and bear claws. And by bear claws, I mean not physical bear claws, bear the claws from literal Dolphins. croissant, yes. The, you know what? I got to be honest. Uh, <clears throat> Tuesday was lunch day, y'all. It was such a beautiful day. My husband spoiled me rotten. We had sushi for lunch. Uh, oh. I had champagne dropped off at my door. It was, it was just... Just drowning in sweet flowers from friends and all. So all I mean, Miss Abercrombie sent me the. By the way, does that box want to be a sponsor on our podcast? She sent Honestly, me you guys they should, this box fabulous. full of goodness and goodies. It made those like fat, fib, fun, funny, funny fox boxes <laughs> look look like trash because this box had. She gave me tea that had like RBG and like Sonia Sotomayor and all mm-hmm. these like women in history, Marie Curie. Frida Kahlo, and they were on the front of each tea. How am I supposed to use that tea? It's too cool. I'm going to frame it. I know. It. I'm going to make fabulous. a necklace out of the tea bag. Yeah. <laughs> and, and champagne gummy bears. It was just beyond. Like a, you guys, there was like a leopard print silk scrunchie. What is this mm-hmm. life? I just was, I couldn't believe it. I'm a, I'm a, Let I me tell I you guys deal. about it just in case, even though they don't pay us to do this. They don't pay us. So this happy ad for free. This is, we're nice people. Yes. We are, so, but also you guys need this in your life. So it's happybox.com, mm-hmm. and we received one after we had our baby, and they it had like a baby onesie and a little baby book and a baby animal, oh. like so precious. So that was my introduction to it. But you can go on and actually like select. They have some pre-made boxes, or you can go on and make your own. Which so is did you pick what went in there? Yes. <gasps> and um, so you can make it for any it's kind curated. of you know celebration or any kind of. It could be a birthday, it could be a holiday, it could be a launch day, it could be you know baby stuff whatever you want, but it is a gift to the planet and I highly recommend it, you guys. If you're looking oh for a gosh. gift for somebody who doesn't really need anything also, that's a great <laughs> that's a great place to do it. <laughs> okay, and also if if you're like me and you're just a bad gift giver, that seems like a really good they they take yeah. sounds like they take out the guesswork. They do, yeah. I'm admittedly a very poor gift giver. I, I don't can, agree with that. Oh my God. Well See, I just I always default to wine or flowers or a plant. Yeah, that's and a, I feel that's like that's a, a safe gift. bet. Yeah, Maybe okay, it's because good. Those are things I enjoy. That I'm like, you're a great gift giver. What are you okay. talking about? That, that's on rotation. <laughs> that's on rotation. There we go. There we go. <laughs> okay, we have strayed very far from Meghan Markle, but thank you guys for going on this little rabbit trail with us. Well, now they know about Happy Box. They're ready for their next. They, they're writing it down. They're scribbling it down. We will not put that in the show notes because they have not paying us. So there we go. But just remember, happybox.com. <laughs> uh, we've given a lot of free ads. Okay, <clears throat> why we blame yeah. women when bad things happen. Mm-hmm. Ashley, have you experienced this in your life where you were blamed when something bad happened? Yeah, I, I feel like not in a way, not in the way many other women experience it, right? But mm. I think that part of being, you know, I don't like referring to myself this way, but I believe it It just has been what I've been, like being a voice of dissent in the room. Yeah. Then, you know, every now and then I'm blamed for the chaos that comes after telling the truth. Because, you know, whether you're talking about race or you're talking about gender, or maybe you speak up about class or the elitism that might be existing in the room or in the environment, then when you do that, then things start to fall apart in a good way. But that falling apart leads to chaos. And many people don't want to deal with chaos, which is why they don't tell the truth about the environment or themselves. And so, you know, there have been times that I've been blamed for the chaos that comes afterward. Um, And, you know, or I'll get you know, comments in a meeting or people will call me names or, you know, I think that's really hard and, or people screenshot 
this has happened to me so many times, you guys, as a pastor, people will screenshot, you know, my social media, like, cause I spoke up about race or something and then send it to someone they believe has authority over me to correct oh my goodness, me. Grace. And, you know, just that kind of stuff happens to me all the time. And well, we're blaming her because this is going to become a political or a more Marxist or, you know, a social justice warrior environment or community, you know, that kind of stuff yeah. happens to me all the time. But, you know, it's, it's nothing to, to pay. Like it's not comparative in what other women have to pay. Um, and so for me that that's always been well worth it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think so many of us, um, just as you said, they're blaming you for having an opinion or a dissenting point of view. And that's not wrong. That's not wrong. Yeah. And when, and especially they believe so that have you, the point of view. you made, <laughs> you made them feel some kind of way that was not in alliance and in agreement with how they believe. Therefore, they got to blame you for what you said and going yep. to someone over you. And we see this again and again. So when I think about blaming women, it is saying this woman has bucked some sort of system, has not played by the rules set out for her. Right. Therefore, it's her fault. Right. And, and you know, I the biggest example I can think of that I bring up in Pray Tell about this is Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky. Right. You know, Bill wow. received Ooh. higher approval ratings after the sex scandal. And Monica Lewinsky was suicidal. Her mom was worried she wasn't going to ever get out of bed. Um, mm. she, she couldn't get a job. She was a young 20-something. You know, it was the advent of the internet. She was the first to be globally slut-shamed. I mean, there was so much going on in this Gosh, story. Right. And even It because took it her years. the rise of the internet. I didn't Come think on. about that until right yeah. now. Yeah. Right. Like it wasn't just tabloids, which were also excelling in a new way at that time. Yeah. But yeah. man, the internet, gosh. Social media and had just, you know, social That's media right. and just internet and, and searches and images yeah. people could share freely. The democratization of the internet did not right. serve her well. That's right. When the, and we're talking about somebody who was in her early 20s. That's early right. 20s. Sick. I think that part just breaks my heart in a fresh way, just the age I am. Um, but we see how she was so unforgivable and not only did we forgive bill we elevated him and yes he was impeached uh, by the house of representatives but he still remained president and right. his and he still you know had a very very successful speaking career at once he was out of office and and stumping for other candidates so we see how mm. society wholeheartedly accepted him back in but we continually blamed her and what we have done to monica we've done to so many women on so many levels and i don't just mean when there was sexual misconduct at play when something bad happens we look to the woman what did you do right what were you wearing what did you say how did you act you know when when rape cases are brought to light we pull apart a woman's existence what she posted on social media what pants she was wearing or what if she was wearing a skirt or what she said or if she was drunk or all of these things anything we can do to say there is something she must have done to deserve this because if there isn't this could happen to me if there isn't we that's called the just world hypothesis which i was just talking about on another podcast this morning in which i i detail a little bit we use that confirmation bias looking for reasons to believe that the rest of the world is acting justly and that this woman is a lone ranger acting alone and therefore she deserves the blame and we've been conditioned in our responses, haven't we, Ashley, to yes. say like, well, but were you drinking? Or well, but did you say something first? Or well, did you kind of lead him on? Or were you a flirt? Or but did you, but where were you late at night? Or what did you do? And we have found ways to believe that a woman's existence in the world and the way she's operating is somehow vile enough to deserve 
pain or abuse of power or exploitation of her space or her loyalty, her reputation, her finances, and of course her body. You know, I think of this this the situation that just happened London in London. This yes. girl was walking in a well lit area, Ashley, yep. Yep. and then she was taken advantage of. And there, and the, the way the media is responding, it's just my my grace. This is this is not okay. This yep. is not okay. We have been so conditioned, and you know what's so sad? Um, I had a a an a exchange brought to me where a woman came to me and she said, "My own mother shamed me when I was harmed. I did nothing, nothing That's to deserve right. this." So I was celebrating that this woman realized I didn't do anything to deserve this because a lot of us who grew up in purity culture, we were taught that if something bad happened, we're we were dirty and people do dirty things to dirty girls, and so Ugh. we somehow invited this on to us, and it's our responsibility to avoid abusive power versus men behaving justly. I'm sorry, but I know that's a, like, you're so used to it because you grew up in it, but because I didn't, every time this comes up, it makes me want to rage because I'm like, <laughs> how is this even possible? And why, in God's name, were parents letting their kids go to these places where you are hearing this crap? Like, I cannot imagine Oh, girl, it was baked into the bread. It was just baked come. into the I bread. Just, it's so, but it's stunning. Like, I think we have to take a minute and just acknowledge yeah. how bad that is. It's like think how young we were too. We're talking about not high school. We're talking about middle school. Exactly. It's unacceptable. I just it it baffles me every single time. I mean, truly, I cannot even understand how this is allowed to happen. Can I go there for a second? Yes. This is so perfect. Why are we blaming when bad things happen? So many. You know, one of the key stories that little girls are fed in Sunday school. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm not saying every kid in Sunday school was fed this. Obviously. I know that I'm I'm gonna be bold and say I'm gonna say 85 to 90 percent. We're fed the story that Bathsheba in 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 Scripture in the Old Testament Lord was David. out there, this lusty lady, <laughs> yeah. just out there looking some kind of way, and almost, she was trying to attract King David's attention. Ugh, that ridiculous. was the narrative we were fed. Don't be like Bathsheba. Ugh. Don't go looking for trouble. Makes and, me so and, mad. And Bible scholars have has have well disproved that this woman, you know, after her time of the month, she was cleansing herself in the appropriate way that she would in that yep. era in the ancient world, yep. and King. David with his luring eyes saw her and who should have been out of the war anyway he was off his post he was off his game he was not doing what he was supposed to be doing and sent his sent his sent his soldiers to summon her she had no say Right. She was she was taken from her home and sexually assaulted. Her yep. husband was murdered. I mean, when we yep. see this for what it is, yep. this is devastating. Yep. This is akin to workplace sexual abuse or misconduct. I mean, this was a stranger to her. She knew it was a king. She, yes. Ugh. Yes. And so when we are really able to see that scripture and that passage for what it is and how, you know, historically we've blamed her. We've blamed yes. her for her own yes. misconduct. And so you can see how if we're willing to apply revisionist history to the Old Testament, you can see what we're going to do to 13 and 14-year-old girls in youth group in the 90s. You know, we can see that. Now, a lot of that has been, you know, debunked. And I, I know that youth groups are probably approaching this differently. And there's good people doing good work and having good conversations um, about body awareness and um, yes. my bo- you know I'm the boss of my body and I am not responsible for somebody else's actions towards me and you know and we're just ignoring these scriptures in the New Testament right out of Jesus mouth that says you are responsible for your thoughts your actions um your own sin nature we can't right. we can't hold up an old testament story with revisionist history over the words of Jesus 
And so when we talk about blaming women, we see that scriptural narrative. We obviously see the cultural narrative that you see both by magistrates and court systems and high schools and universities who want to blame an isolated incident on a woman because they do not want to admit that there is a cultural infestation of belief and this implicit belief that women are inherently the problem. So I love love talking about this because here's the deal. And something that I realized through my recovery process is that blame makes us avoid the real issue. And Come so on, whether it is just as an individual, that's why, you know, a huge part of recovery is stopping shame and blame cycles that you put on yourself because every time you blame yourself, it leads to shame and you avoid the real issue and you just keep yourself in this cycle. So maybe it's addiction that you stay in, or perhaps it's, you know, feeling inferior, maybe it's self-hatred, like whatever that cycle is. But corporately it's the same. So when you make a woman who is a voice of dissent or a woman who comes forward about something or a woman who is speaking up about for a coworker or for another woman in the community, whatever it might be. Um, and that could happen at church, that could happen at work, it can happen in community, um, like activism then blaming her for the chaos that ensues or blaming her because something got unearthed or blaming her because now the entire um, leadership has to change means that we can avoid the real issue. So if you make her the problem, so making Monica Lewinsky the problem led us to avoid the fact that Bill was preying on a woman in her early 20s who was an intern. And it made everybody in America avoid the fact, except maybe the people who impeached him, frankly, but they had their own issues too. So it's hard to even like give them That's a little right. credit there. But, um, you know, it, it makes us look and, and, and examine the problem in a way that allows the abuse to continue to flourish, not yeah. the victims to be set free or women to be flourishing in the atmosphere. And so that's what frustrates me so much about this is because every time we blame, we can acknowledge that we are avoiding a real issue and a real problem. And um, I think that's what makes it so hard. It's why you see, you know, strong people end up leaving environments, whether they're yeah you know, leaving nonprofits or they're leaving the church or they're leaving, you know, communities or whatever. Um, and some people go silently. Some people go loud. You know, yeah. the, the witness be um, the witness with Jamar Tisby and Tyler Burns. They're doing an awesome series right now called Leave Loud. And they are sharing. I didn't realize that both of them had grown up like in purity culture and all of that, too. So it was interesting to hear this from a man's perspective. But they are t- doing a series now called Leave Loud. And it's about their journey out of evangelicalism and why they made those choices. And I didn't know that Jamar Tisby was part of like the Reformed Church for a really long time. I've read I know. his books. So <laughs> how did wild. I miss that, honestly? <laughs> um, so anyways, but just thinking about how this also can happen to not just women, but there are places where men can even become indoctrinated to support that culture, right? And so it's it, yeah. this is so layered, Tiffany. So how do yep, we, what right. do we do? Because that can feel so overwhelming. I'm sure some of our listeners are like, geez, I don't want to knock down this whole system. And I'm so yeah. stressed even hearing this. Like, what can we do? Yeah, <laughs> just and, I, and I, I really love that you brought up the system because women are disposable because if mm-hmm. it's one woman she can be the scapegoat we don't have to mm-hmm. change the the and re-architect right. the system right. the, the institution that she's operating in so that institutional harm will continue and it becomes normalized right we decide this is just the way it is what's wild about this ashley is that research shows that whether you observe a perpetrator abusing his power and you just know he's like a slick monster right. or a woman you will automatically default to blaming a woman and you will offer what many scholars call hympathy h-i-m-p-a-t-h-y hympathy now interestingly 
when when this research project was done um, by a university research center, and they said what was wild in the results was that as they pulled, I think it was over a thousand people, as they pulled men and women on this hypothetical situation where a woman was blamed, women were even more likely to side with a man and blame a woman. Well, I mean, yeah, it's like, okay, so that's shocking. But to be honest, I'm not shocked. I mean, I know you're not surprised by that because this always happens with me. But I'm like, I've experienced that. I know what, and it's also because I have often been in, in companies, in organizations where there is a token female with all the power, all the opportunity, all of the resource, all of the access, all of the assistance and help that she needs. And I am typically the other female in, in the room with no power, no voice, no anything. And so that per, that female in, in power very often will side with the dominant culture because everything that she has depends on her staying in that position. So the rest of us are put at a severe disadvantage, left to compete, to strive, to seek opportunities, to figure out how we're gonna manage ourselves and pay our bills while she is not lending or leveraging her position in order to help. And so I feel like this has been true for me, not just in the workplace, but also in my own personal experience with sexual assault. Like yeah. women don't tend to believe women and you're a hundred percent right. Part of that though, is because women, when it comes to sexual abuse and sexual assault, part of that I've discovered is because women don't want to acknowledge their own. And so when you acknowledge that this is happening to another woman that you love and care about, you have to self-reflect and think about all the hell that you've gone through. And so these things are really hard and really difficult for women. And now I'm at a place where I'm not bitter about women in the workplace who do this, but it used to make me so angry because I'm like, how can you not even help your own? Like, what is your problem that you would side with this dominant culture that is actually destroying our lives? <laughs> you know, like, why are you like this? And so I feel like it's been, it's, it's interesting to be a woman and to, if you have not had the privilege of having all the power, the resource, the access and the means, then you know what you said to be true. Like, it's like, obviously, like we all know that. We've, we've had those women who just smile and nod, who carry on with their life, who have no interest in speaking up for other women and who will ultimately just side with the person who has the most power because their, their opportunities, wealth and resource belong to that person. And so it's That's a real right. sad situation. That's right. That's right. It's uh, it's almost this corporate Stockholm syndrome of, well, this is the person who is going to give me anything I need or that I think I need. Therefore, I'm going to consider my proximity to power. I'm going to stay in this person's good graces. And I don't care who I have to oppress on the way there. I don't care who I have to cut. I don't care what I have to do to maintain my access to power, to maintain my place, my cog in the wheel. And you're right. I think this is, I think, you know, obviously these white researchers were just blown away that this, these old men, white researchers, which I just said it. I'm so sorry. I said it. it when is, they did this. Right. And they did this example. Yes. But it was but it the fact that our default mode is to offer men sympathy, regardless of clear evidence that they've abused their power. That's something, just as you said, we all have to assess how we've been complicit. We all have to assess how we uphold those cultures and those institutional practices in a way that are causing such severe harm, especially, just as you shared, when there is that tokenized woman in a place of power, so then they can kind of check off the box. No, we believe in women here. Oh, this isn't, you know, what's on paper really isn't practice, but really, mm -hmm. this is a woman who has oppressed a lot of people to get to where she is and mm -hmm. maintains that dominant culture, maintains that male toxicity, if you will, to ensure that she maintains that power. And I, I got to be honest, I think, I've, you know, I think we've come to expect men to abuse their power sometimes. But I think for, for me personally, and I would love to hear your thoughts on this, nothing has hurt more to me than when women have 
uh, done just as you just as you said. They have turned their the other cheek. They have laughed mm-hmm. on you know on command at my expense to ensure their place of power versus doing the right thing and leveraging their voice and their means and their resources to ensure safety and equity for all women. Yeah, I mean, I think that I I would wholeheartedly agree with you. It's it's a real challenge to see that that happens, and some women do it very innocently because they actually believe the person in power is a good person because that totally. has been their Passive experience enabling. with them sometimes, yep. right? Like that yeah. has been their experience, or they have it so good in some ways that they completely ignore the fact that this person's you know acting like a raging lunatic half the time. And so I think that that's it's important to know that women do this for all sorts of reasons. And as we talked about on our Instagram live, Tiffany, you know, this starts when women are young, like each of us grow up in a household, grow up in an education system, grow up in a social system, whether that's an in church or the YMCA or the Boys and Girls Club, we all have that social support system that we're a part of as well. And those are the things that raise us and shape us. And so in those environments, different women are taught different things. So we're taught, if we do this, this is how we stay safe. If we act this way or speak this way, this is how we remain secure. And we learn these different habits of how to navigate the world. So I hope that that from this, we can see as women how to hold space and be graceful with one another and call each other to the carpet when necessary, because it's really important that we all grow here. But I do believe that it starts really young, that we are taught how to behave in environments. And in my next book, I wrote about how, you know, I'm so tempted in different environments, in environments where there's a lot of power, people have a lot of titles, people have a lot of wealth. When I step into those rooms, I immediately want to shrink myself. I immediately want to go to back back to what's familiar. I want to find out how I can serve, how I can be the help, how I can, you know, journey alongside people. I shrink myself immediately because that's always been my experience in the past. And so I've had to learn to fully step in and know that I don't have to serve people to be there, that I don't have to be the help to be there, that I don't have to, you know, let anybody know what I carry or who I am, that I'm in the room because I'm in the room. And I think that that's, right. that's been my experience. So other women have always had that position of power. So have to learn how to navigate, you know, what, what does it look like to be equitable? What does it look like for me to see the woman who might feel a little bit insecure? So we all have these different things that we're bringing to the table. And we yeah. all have these different ways that we view men based on our experience. Cause I'm mm-hmm. not, I'm not a, a, a empathy kind of person. You know, I'm like <laughs> mad skeptical from jump because of my upbringing bringing. So I think that, you know, we we all have these different things that we're navigating and we have to deal with those individual things so that we can cultivate cultures where we do speak up for other women and where we do speak up for ourselves and where we, when we see women blamed for things that we are the first to go 100% no. And here's the real issue that you're avoiding by blaming her for what's going on here. And it's important that we do that. Yeah, we have to assess that knee-jerk reaction, right? Where instantly we're like, she done did it. She done did it. And she needs to make this right. And she needs to explain herself. And that knee-jerk reaction that we see um, in in police offices, we see police offices. What am I trying to say here? Police stations. Uh, 30. I'm going to wait a second because I need a full 10 seconds right there. That knee-jerk reaction we see by police, we see by justices, we see by parents, we see by youth pastors, by by church leaders, by HR committees. You know, we see these knee-jerk reactions and everyday people that just mm-hmm. think, oh, this is the way it is. But if we believe that women are inherently image bearers of Jesus, we have 
to reassess. We have to reassess. Just as you said, we have to be able to go back and think, why, why do I think like this? And be able to unpack those formative ideas that you have allowed to be the way you see the world, the way you see women, the way you see men, the way you see God, quite frankly, mm-hmm. and really rebuild, rebuild that way of thinking in a way that's honoring, not blaming. Yes. Yes and amen. All right, people. Well, it is so good to be with you this week again. Celebrate with me. Hashtag pray tell. Tag me on Instagram if you got the book or Facebook or Twitter or whatever. I want to see. We're in this together. Thank you, Why the Community. We love you. Your support has meant the world. And we will see you next week for our last week of the Pray Tell series. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, listeners. Remember to subscribe and comment. It helps others to find the show. To learn more about Tiffany's writing, speaking, or books, visit tiffanybloom.com. To learn more about Ashley's writing, speaking, or books, visit ashabercrombie.org. See you next week.